0: And welcome to EvaluLand, a podcast about the land of evaluation between you and me, your host, Dana Linnell Wanzer. This is the show where we interview people about any and all things evaluation related. this week we're talking with members of Task Force 2 mentoring program from EVAL Youth. They're going to be talking to us about the EVAL Youth Global Mentoring Program, and you know what they did, how it's changed over the years, and what to look forward to for the upcoming 2021 Global Mentoring Program later this year. So I'm going to have each of the the speakers today introduce themselves. And we'll start with Sosun.
1: Thank you, Dana. My name is Elsin Zatari. I'm the Task Force Two chair, and I'm happy to be here.
2: I am Teddy Theo Harris. I am one of the volunteers on Task Force Two.
1: I am
3: Zach Tilton. I am the liaison between Eval Youth and AEA, and I am a current, a past, and current mentor.
0: Wonderful. Thank you all for being here. I'm very excited to learn more about what you've been doing, what this global mentoring program is. Uh, first, I'd like to start off a little bit about what Eval Youth is. I'm not sure everybody in our listening audience is aware of it. So would anybody like to start us off and tell a little bit about what is Eval Youth and what is it hoping to accomplish?
1: Sure, I can start. Uh, so Eval Youth is a global multi-stakeholder partnership network that supports and promotes young and emerging evaluators, or for short, youth. And youth-led accountability around the world. Um, it's part of Eval Partners, and it was established in during the second global evaluation forum in Nepal during the um, year of evaluation. And as Eval Youth, we have four networks, one that is responsible for uh, YI's in activities. The second one is the mentoring program, which we're going to be talking about today. The third one is the EVA Youth Conferences and the e-learning activities where we launched our fifth conference in November 20th, 2020, and uh, we introduced a fourth task force which uh, focuses on promoting uh, youth participatory and E-led evaluation. Wonderful. Thank you. I'd, I'd love to go around
0: the group and find out a little bit about what got you involved in Eval Youth and particularly what got you involved in, because you're all somehow affiliated with the mentoring program. We got an AEA affiliate. So what, what led you to be involved in this, uh, in Eval Youth? Maybe we'll start with Teddy this time.
2: Cool. Thank you. And thank you everyone for being here. Uh, why I got involved, I saw the energy, especially during Minneapolis 2019. Uh, I'm re- I'm transitioning into evaluation from a previous career in retail. And in that industry, I know and I can testify that just having the right uh, uh, background and the right courses and the right pedigree and paper does not necessarily translate to having a successful career. So I would often get people who have MBAs. Uh, who will be horrible at retail math, or I would get people uh, who uh, had PhDs in organizational psychology and would not know how to lead a store of diverse people in the South Bronx, for instance. So there was a lot of soft skills needed, and I knew that one of the ways to plug it was through mentoring, and especially the soft skills portion.
0: Wonderful. Thank you, Teddy. How about you, Zach?
3: I got involved uh, with EDA Youth as A beneficiary. My first AEA was in 2015 in Chicago, uh, the year that AEA was formed as South Sun referred to. For me, both AEA and Eval Youth especially were opportunities to kind of feel like I'm relevant and that I'm still, um, when I had to go to the private sector for a little bit, while my wife was doing her graduate work. And when I moved to do my graduate work overseas, Eval Youth was a way for me to still remain connected to a VOPI and a network while I wasn't there at my, you know, the American network. And so tuning into the virtual conference, uh, following along with the resources that were shared, that's really where I started my kind of journey with Eval Youth. And then with mentoring, I've been involved in mentoring from an undergrad, master's, and now in my PhD program, I believe in peer mentoring. I've been both a mentee and a mentor multiple times, and my first mentoring experience was actually with a peace building evaluation network called Gemene for Peace. And so I've, I've loved mentoring on you know both, both ends, and really, I think to that effect, that both mentor and mentee have a lot to learn and to teach um, one another and each other, both as learners and students. And that's what I've seen uh, with the EVAL Youth Global, Global Mentoring uh, program. Yeah, thank you.
1: that's awesome. I actually joined IVA Youth um, by meeting Khalil Batar, who is the IVA Youth chair, at a conference, and I was telling him I'm new to evaluation. This was like seven, eight years ago, and I was so lost. I felt like, oh my God, am I the only one doing evaluation back then? <laughs> As a young emerging evaluator, you always feel like you know you need a network, you need support, and when I joined IVA Youth that's when I saw so many people that look like me and they have the same understanding as me and they're also, they have the same questions. So I felt like it was home and it was um, with a network that we understand each other and work uh, with each other towards e-development and that's how I joined Eval Youth. Oh, and
0: thank you for chairing the mentoring program as well uh, and providing that service to Eval Youth, yeah. I'm curious. I'm going to get a little personal. I so I was a member of the Task Force Three at some point. I think I technically still am. Um, but I'm wondering who can be involved because I I feel weird being a member of Eval Youth when you know I'm in the workforce. I've gotten my PhD. I'm out and about like. Am I considered somebody who can be a part of Eval Youth? Like, I don't know. I, I personally have these personal things going up when I'm, but I, I want to know who Eval Youth really serves and is served by so that we can, you know, I can encourage my students or whoever to to join Eval Youth because it is, is, it's a wonderful organization.
1: Technically, Eval Youth uh, is for young and emerging evaluators who are, who have, uh, less than two years of experience in evaluation or are under or are emerging evaluators this is why we have the keyword emerging who want to change career or are under 35 um, years of age so it's quite encompassing however we also have friends of eva youth who are also supporting um, with us and who attend with us uh, certain conferences certain meetings who are not technically, young and emerging evaluators, but because they are supporters of the network, they're always with us, and you know, with every step of the way, supporting us in either way. I mean, one of our biggest supporters, or actually two of our biggest supporters are Michael Quinn Patton and Marco Figoni, who are, you know superstars, I can say, in the world of evaluation. And they've been supporting the network and supporting us as young and emerging evaluators throughout our journey. So, I don't want to say, I mean, there's a, cri- a certain criteria, there's there's this criteria, but of course, everyone is welcome. Awesome, thank you.
0: I am definitely a friend of eValue <laughs> and I'll continue being so. Okay, so I want to pivot and talk a little bit now, well, a lot about the global mentoring program. I'm really eager to hear more about it. So uh, maybe we'll start with uh, Zach this time. We'll point fingers at somebody else to get started. The fun joy of having multiple people on a Zoom call. Uh, So you want to tell us a little bit about the global mentoring program, what it is, how it got started, anything you want to share?
3: Sure. I mean, I can I can speak to it as much as I can, and maybe uh, Teddy and Salson can fill in the gaps. But uh, with regards to what it is, it really is a mentorship program for these uh, young and emerging evaluators. And sometimes, you know, people who maybe professionals who might not initially identify as an evaluator and feel like that they find themselves doing evaluation work and that they need some showing up with regards to getting their bearings about the the nature of evaluation, the 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 nature of the ecosystem, the, the evaluation ecosystem, key issues. And it's really focused on developing capacities and strengths of mentees and pairing mentees of young and emerging evaluators with mentors who are in the space and interested in giving back and providing a service to be that Kind of guide, so to speak, in helping to identify those strengths and interests, and and really kind of point the the mentee in directions to further self discovery and professional development. And it's typically a three to four month program, and uh, has various modules and lessons. It's you know kind of managed through an online learning management software platform and but we connect and use technology like zoom whatsapp signal uh, skype you name it uh, to make these connections and so really it is just a um, an, an online space to connect and to have mentees connect with one another to get the basics of evaluation to get their bearings but really tailor that experience for them to see what evaluate what evaluation can do for their professional practice and their professional development.
0: Awesome, thank you. So Son, can you speak a little bit to like, why and how EvalU decided to start a, like the mentoring program in the first place? Um, and how, like, why this particular model of mentoring? We can think of a variety of different models and it sounds like you encompass a few different elements of them, right? You have the one-on-one mentor-mentee program, part of the program, but there also seems to be some peer mentoring aspects and elements of that. Can you speak a little to that?
1: So the mentoring program was developed to, as Zach said, support young and emerging evaluators to become professionals and um, basically take up evaluation roles in their communities and their countries. And the reason why the mentoring program was, or is as it looks like today, is because in 2017, we did a pilot. And from that pilot, we developed a concept note and we we piloted what we had in the concept note, and then we did an evaluation. And based on that evaluation, we took all the lessons learned and applied it to the second phase, which was in 2019. And then after that second phase, we also did another evaluation and took those lessons learned that fed into the 2020 phase, which is the third phase. And right now we are working on, we have a folder on our Google Drive with um, the phase four of the program. And this is where we're putting all our learnings into phase four in order to develop a concept note that would encompass all the learnings that we uh, take throughout the, the journey. And a lot of things have changed from phase one to phase three Based on these evaluations, like the length of the program, the engagement levels with the mentors and the peers, the LMS itself, the module structure. For example, a lot of the mentees said that they wanted practical case studies, so we provided them with that. Another one was an introduction or an an, um, orientation, which we did this year. So a lot of these things took place. One of our biggest recommendations from the pilot phase was to include an administrator which supported us greatly during the second phase and the third phase, because the key element, I think, to the the, um, EVA Youth Global Mentoring Program is that we're all volunteers, all of us, except for the administrator. And I think that's also the success of the program, because otherwise, if you don't like it, why, why would you show up? And it's, it's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of harmony, there's a lot of learning. And on a global level, it's really challenging to develop such a successful program with the different time zones with, you know, the different works, work that we do, uh, our busy schedules, yet we do it. And yeah, I think, I think, you know, because of the volunteers, that's why the program is what it is today.
0: And I think because you're all evaluators, the program is what it is today. Like hearing how you constantly iterate and evaluate and revise the program kind of speaks to the importance of evaluators in the
1: program design element, right? Yes. And you can also access our evaluations online. I mean, they're available on the website. Yeah. Thank you. I will definitely link to those. Teddy, do you have something you want to add?
2: No, I agree. And, uh, I I really want to tip my hat off to the administrator and to the two secretariats who have helped keep us on track, getting the meetings on order, uh, putting reminders in our calendars, because this is all a volunteer-led effort, uh, but the administrator has helped put the structure in place so that uh, the mentees and the mentors don't feel left out or working in in, in an abstract. So that has helped a lot. So, I tip my hat to those folks.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Teddy. We wouldn't have been able to do it without your support as well. So,
0: what is the work that goes into this? Um, what, what, so it sounds like the administrator sets up calendar invites, um, is supporting both the mentors and the mentees. What,
1: what other work goes into all of this? A lot, I'm not sure. a lot of work. <laughs> um. Beginning from advertising till now. Uh, Teddy, do you want to say something about I, I
2: that? I think it's good work. It's, uh, uh, it, it is definitely something to look forward to every other Saturday morning for our meetings. Um, and I think it's, it's interesting for me as an American um, and as someone in AA to listen to other methodologies, other approaches when we're looking at certain problems. I think the task force is uh, very much akin to a board of directors, where we don't have daily contact. We don't tell the CEOs how to run it, but we are, as all evaluators, very interested in the wealth and in the well-being of the program and its advancement. So we're listening, we're learning, we're trying to be critical friends to the program and to the to the outcomes, um, and we're always adapting and um, I think the program was very well situated before COVID, but especially now during COVID and the isolation around the globe, uh, it it has become key for a lot of folks to interact and talk to each other. And I think one of the things we saw uh, during some of the uh, group um, discussions we had for the midterm evaluation of the program, a lot of folks created their own signal, WhatsApp chats to continue having that conversation uh, beyond just the modules. Um, and it, it's, it's very touching. It's very interesting. Uh, and it, it also speaks to the fact that an evaluator can switch uh, gears to look at different social interactions. So it's very interesting when I hear somebody from Belgium, or uh, discussing the homeless problem in New York, or Los Angeles, as an American, it, it, it's kind of touching, but it's also interesting to get new perspectives into those problems.
0: The, the way evaluation is conducted across the world is very different. Um, and it is nice to, to see all the the different methodologies that people use and approaches and different mindsets uh, coming into evaluation. I really, I've really enjoyed learning about the variety of approaches that happen across, across the globe. So I'm curious. So you have all these modules, you've got your learning management system and certificates. I'm wondering. Is there support that is provided to the mentors as well, my understanding is a lot of mentors don't quite know necessarily how to mentor well and so having a good mentoring program often means, you know, ensuring that you have good mentors as well, is there, is there training that goes to them as well.
3: Um, I can speak to that and I'm getting points with (laughs) salsa now. The the. The team who's organizing this task force too, and um, you know all the iterations. Obviously, they've spoken how they've iterated, and as a mentor, I know that each module has considerations for the mentor to keep in mind. Um, but even before those kind of learning objectives or considerations, there are resources shared with the mentors with regards to the mentor-mentee relationship. What that looks like, and there is a lot of prefigurative work that the team has baked into the LMS to help both mentees and mentors set expectations, uh, come to an agreement as to you know what we can get the most out of, and so you know there's plenty of resources for a mentor who maybe hasn't had a mentoring opportunity, either as a mentee or mentor to to prepare themselves and get the right headspace but also get the technical skills and considerations to help that relationship so I mean it's there and I often find myself returning to that as well sometimes to check on those to see how I'm doing and but that's uh that's and that was you know I have gone through other mentoring programs but I I found that I learned a lot even with the resources that was shared in in this program so I really appreciated that
1: I also want to add to what Zach was saying, I think the relationship starts from the pairing um, of the mentor and mentee and the pairing is done, I mean the the application on its own is a very heavy one and there's a lot of information to insert and then the pairing starts with also. um, So the, the, we also have a team of volunteers who also look into the applications and provide a grading to each application based on a set criteria system and then we also take a look at all the applications all the grading and then start with the pairing and the pairing is not ad hoc it's very purposeful so for example if a mentee is looking to start in consulting uh, we pair them with someone who has consulting background if a mentee wants to work in the UN field we pair them with someone who's already working in the UN and so on. And then uh, the first module is about uh, the mentor and mentee relationship and building rapport. So we ensure also that a lot of the questions are there. And it's not just, you know, how much do you know about evaluation or what kind of evaluations have you done? But there's also personal questions in a sense where we know this is a relationship. It's going to last for the next four months. So you better know about each other in order to work best together. We also ensure that it's not just a mentor and mentee relationship, but also a peer-to-peer relationship because we want to encourage the peer learning dynamic as well. And this is something that we found as I Youth members very useful. I mean, right now, I volunteer. I've been volunteering with the same group of people for quite some time who are now part of the task force leadership or part of the EVA Youth uh, management leadership and among new ones, but this dynamic of, even when we used to travel before COVID to conferences or you know uh, we would meet up, we would exchange um, information, check up on each other. So this, this kind of like global family is also what we want to plant with the mentees and mentors in order to not, this is not just a phase that is going to end, but also a relationship or a journey that's going to continue.
0: Are there other factors that go into pairing mentors and mentees? I think I read, I don't know if it was something we've talked about or it was in the last evaluation, like thinking about time zone and like that's a big consideration. Are there other factors that you consider?
1: Definitely. That's actually, that was actually one of the evaluation recommendations to um, match and pair the mentor and mentee on certain time zones so that they are able to communicate. And we tried our best to match them with two-hour, three-hour max difference time zone. And we found that very quite successful so far for us. So that's something we're going to keep for the long term.
0: I know you're in the midst of going through the data from the last one, because the, the the recent iteration of the Global Mentoring Program ended, uh, what, a month or two ago, something like that? So I'm wondering... Is there anything you can speak to about how successful this latest iteration was and what
1: what mentors and mentees' experiences were this time? Sure. But we're wrapping up right now. This We're going to be ending it in this month, in February. But before we do that, we wanted to also host, uh, we're doing coffee sessions with mentors. And I'll also let Zach and Teddy speak more on that. But it's so, sort of a, a very informal, you know, session where we open a webinar or not a webinar. We open a meeting room at Zoom, and um, we, two mentors host a session, and we ask them for simple questions like, "How did you get into evaluation? What are your challenges? Biggest lessons learned? What kind of pieces of information you would like to, or, or you know, advice you would like to give to young and emerging evaluators?" Whoever attends these sessions can ask questions and engage. It's like you know, standing in a coffee line and you know, speaking to the person in front of you. Very informal, very informative. So we're going to host these starting with Zach tomorrow, actually. So we're looking forward to that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, Teddy and Zach, you can talk more about.
2: I, I don't want to say anything about the formal process since it's still underway. But there, there's a lot of positive in it, and obviously the values we're looking at it. the The pairings look well, but the most important thing to answer your question is those skills are naturally networking that you can take when you meet other evaluators or other people outside of the very of the silo of evaluation although evaluators are not don't work in silos we also should work with people in nonprofit organizations other people in international organizations who do administrative work or logistics and things like that uh, sort of nature so those skills are the ones that are transferable so we're hoping that yes people will come into these coffee off hours Uh, And they already sort of know each other. So it's not abroad, it's not everyone under the world. It's the the mentors and the mentees. They get to see maybe another mentor that they were not paired with, uh, learn about them, ask questions in that atmosphere. But what would really, really be great if that can get scaled up next time there's a conference, next time there's a virtual happening, if sort of those same questions, that same motif repeats itself at scale and you get more interest Uh, and more knowledge that way. So I think that is the hope that both the mentees, and I think this is a great point that Zach raised, you know, not not everyone should be a mentor in life because we're mentors to our kids, we're mentors in our neighborhoods, we're we're role models and all that great stuff, right? But no one really tells you how to do that. And the only way you're going to know how to do that is to talk to your kids, talk to your mentees, talk to your community, talk to your neighbors, get that feedback, integrated and have that two-way conversation going so we need to have more of those two-way conversations and those dialogues so i think what is the key is that these things can get scaled up
3: i love what teddy said right there i mean i uh we we often find ourselves in formal and informal mentorship kind of relationships and often you know sometimes we just don't even register that we're being mentored until it's happening sometimes or that we're mentoring by example in some ways. And I love that how the global mentoring program has sought to really take seriously that relationship uh, that mentors and mentees have and the solidarity that, young and emerging evaluators can share with one another because it is a struggle. I used to say, yeasin ain't easy because, you know, it's hard to feel like you're getting connected. I know, super cheesy, right? But hard to feel like you're connected. A lot of barriers to entry. It's really intimidating. Evaluation can be super intimidating. There's evaluation jargon. There are, you know, it can be really technical knowledge base and feel like, wow, I'm inadequate to conduct this evaluation, a specific task. And so, you know, I, I I love that the mentoring program is experimenting as well with these kind of different new modes of, of uh, encounter and engagement and learning, like the coffee talk type of experiences, which are informal, more lateral, um, sharing more exposure to other mentors and so forth. But I think that's Also, um, one of the big strengths of the program is this constant iteration, I was just on a focus group discussion that saw some leaded with their colleagues and uh, it's great to see that they, you know, really do practice what they preach we're we're facilitating a, a mentorship program about evaluation. And they're absolutely leaning on systematic inquiry and evaluative techniques to constantly improve and iterate. So I don't know if that answered your initial question.
0: Great answer. Both of
2: you. Thank you. Teddy,
0: you have something you want to
2: add? I, I want to thank Zach, but I, I, I started off when I was facilitating one of these conversations saying how intimidated I am because it's very different facilitating a board or facilitating people in a nonprofit we're a community organization, and then it's much different to facilitate a group of evaluators who know your approach, who know every trick. It's like facilitating to a group of mirrors, so it's exceedingly intimidating, and it really um, makes us want to ump our game there.
1: I mean, it's really, really nice that um, we, we had this midway evaluation of the program, and we ran a survey, and we did the focus groups. And the focus groups were uh, facilitated by volunteers. Uh, Teddy was one of them, Hamad was another. Um, I, I facilitated a group, and I was also supported by Maureen. But there's also this other team who is working on analyzing the survey results, uh, coding the focus group results, and triangul- triangulating it all together. And it's just it's just really amazing work. And it's a lot of hard work because this is part of you know actual evaluation work. I mean, when you go do an evaluation, this is what you end up doing. So it's, it's really great to see all of these, um, I don't want to say skills because I believe everyone has these skills, but working together in order to produce this amazing work that's also going to feed into the next phase of the program. So yeah, I just wanted to mentioned that
0: it's also says that the evaluation of the mentoring program could be a component of the mentoring program itself right if somebody wants really more hands-on depth uh, hands-on skills of doing an evaluation like what better way to do it than through a ment- like a mentor model of evaluating a mentoring program that you know you're a part of or something right that this could be an aspect of mentoring itself
1: that's actually a very good idea I'll put that in the folder for phase four. <laughs> I, I teach evaluation
0: and my students do basically free evaluations for the community and it's, it's a training opportunity and you know an education opportunity uh, but you know it's basically volunteer run I mean they get course credit and all that stuff but you know same idea so
1: yeah but um, one of the ideas was for the coffee cup uh, the co- I mean the coffee with the mentor was because one of the mentors said that they would like to also interact with other mentors and other mentees and that's why we thought, OK, you know, before the end of the program, let's just do these sessions and see what happens.
0: So I imagine a young and emerging evaluator, a ye, comes in and is interested in joining this program. What are you looking for in mentees? What would the, the application process look like for them?
3: You know, I, I don't know if I'm equipped to answer this. I, I, I can tell you what I've seen my experience as a mentor and the mentees that I've had, had two last year and one this year, and that they are passionate. And I think that goes for both the mentors. As we talked about this as a volunteer work that, you know, we're many, the mentees and mentors have jobs they're doing, they're in school, or maybe they're out of school or they're teaching school. And this is a passion project. And so I think that's probably one of the um, top criteria is that they're just interested and they're passionate about the work, either in learning, learning together, or teaching and sharing. Um, and, and so that's, that's going to be my contribution to start the, the rest of the answers Thank to this you. question.
2: Teddy? I was going to say, I think, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, it is, it is sort of a competitive process. I don't know what the criteria are going to be for the next round. But definitely, passion plays a very key role, uh, as Zach said, at least for the mentees, and it is the that willingness to learn and to be taught new things and to use that in their jobs, but in their in their work in general. i the midterm the mid party evaluation of the current iteration, one of the things we saw, and it was very surprising how many pairs of at least one pair of mentor mentee, Really interacted as peers. So it was one of those classic cases when someone knew qual, someone else knew knew quad, uh, they got together and they, uh, so the mentee was able to go into the offices or via Zoom uh, and basically show them uh, new approaches to doing evaluation. So those are some of the very fruitful things that have happened. But it's that willingness to go outside of your boundaries, your comfort zone, and to learn. And uh, I'm I'm still surprised at how how many things I've learned and, and I have a pretty extensive bookshelf now on evaluation. I'm still learning.
1: Yeah, I guess we all are. Um, I like this example that Teddy uh, mentioned and also I do totally agree with what Zach also said about the passion. I mean, when you were looking through the applications, you can tell those that really are interested in learning versus those that are not even the emerging evaluators who want to switch careers, I mean, they explain the reasoning, they tell us why. Why is it that they wanna take on, uh, why is it that they wanna be part of the mentoring program? Um, it's And it's not just about, I wanna learn everything about evaluation. No, there's, there's a cause, there's a story behind it. And I guess that's also important the reasoning because if you put time into your application, then you will put time into the program. And the other thing that I also wanted to say about the relationship between the mentors and the mentees this was actually very fruitful. One of our mentors last year after the mentoring program had uh, worked with a consultancy with her mentee and she formed a really good relationship, a good working relationship together. And they learn from each other and engage from each other. So that's also um, very important. So
0: not everybody who applies gets into this program. I, I guess I hadn't realized that.
1: We had over 450 applications and we selected 50 mentors and mentees, 25 mentors, 25 mentees.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't realize it was that selective of a process. Interesting. Cool. Thank you. So then what are you looking for in the mentors in this application process? I'm guessing passion is, just, you know, you're looking for their passion as well, but what other qualifications might you be
1: looking for? I mean, we're also looking for experience. We're looking for willingness to share information and share knowledge, besides passion, of course, and time. Because we know as mentors, they are senior evaluators and there's a lot of time that they need to put into the program. Although there's more time that needs to be allocated by the mentees rather than the mentors. But there's also the mentoring aspect, the discussion aspect that also takes time. So I guess uh, a few, these are a few of the criteria that we're looking for, but also the the reasoning of why you want to become part of the mentoring program is also important, just like with the mentees. I mean, it doesn't, you know, an answer of like, oh, I, I want to try to become a mentor or something like, you know, I want to teach everything that also doesn't, you know, qualify. You need to actually tell us why you're interested in becoming, becoming part of the mentoring program and what, how it will add to you, how you will add to it, etc. cetera. Okay. Eddie? I was going to say, I think,
2: I think Samsung has done an amazing job of pairing those superstars that we have in evaluation, right? That are senior members, but with also many other junior members uh, and junior evaluators and, and junior mentors. So there is a very wide spectrum of different mentors in the process who are at different parts of their careers. But at each stage, at each tier of their careers, they've also have a, a They've also self-realized a lot of what is about, what evaluation is about, what, evaluation's about why, what their passion is, and sort of recalculated their next five-year journey. So that's an interesting process that they bring to the table as well. So I'm very curious to see. We made, a, I think, a very conscious decision not to have two of the same, thing, uh, same mentors in these uh, coffee breaks. So we're going to see two different facets of it and to see how that interacts. Uh, And and that will give us, uh, I think, great data for the future in terms of how to set up these DIADs or these pairs.
0: There's clearly so much intentionality that has gone into this program, which is really incredible to hear about. And uh, thank you so much for sharing about all of this. Is there anything that I have, like any of you, want to share about the global mentoring program that we haven't gone over yet?
3: I think, uh, you know, as an experience as a mentor, that the task force to and those who've been instrumental in developing the Platform, by, by the way of the content, by the way of the user experience. The way I think about it is that they provided a score for us, a musical score, that we can uh, look to to see the chords, the notes, the keys, the modes, and then the the mentors, the mentees can play jazz and improvise within that to meet our needs. And I really like that. There's been some really cool, you know, melodies and harmonies that have come from that, from the mentorship uh, partnerships that I've been in. And, um, you know, I think that's just one thing I wanted to underscore is that there's there's a structure, but it's not a straight jacket. It provides us direction. It provides us as mentors and mentees a framework to engage with, to wrestle with, to critique, to consider how it applies to our um, professional evaluation practice.
2: Can we trademark what, you, what Zach just said and use it? Because that was really, really great. <laughs> um and I think that it's absolutely correct. And if one last word, we are always looking for volunteers. So people should sign up because they're, you know, um, not only for the program if they want to be a mentor or mentee, but also as part of the task force. Uh, because the way this becomes better is by getting all these different opinions and other evaluators involved as well.
1: I also want to mention being a task force chair, the role of the other task force leaders and the role of you know, Evalu's evalu- leadership team and the XCOM in supporting. I mean, this all wouldn't have been successful without their role we have a monthly meeting with the management group and every time we share what we our progress and what our challenges are and what lessons learned and we learn from each other and if someone is stuck somewhere we give advice they give advice so this this also learning in in um, in the back of the program is also very important because it feeds also into the the development of the program itself so for example if, if we had an idea i'd share it with the task force leaders and the management group and the excom and they provide us with all these ideas to make it even better and also with the team of the volunteers during our bi-weekly meetings so it's all i mean the role of everyone in making this a success is really really crucial so yeah thank you
0: so if anybody does want to get involved in task force two or any of the other task force of eval youth how can they
1: do that they can go to evalyouth.org and sign up. They can join whichever task force they're interested in. Perfect. Thank you.
0: And then I know uh, you're still working on, you know, wrapping up this latest iteration of the global mentoring program. But if somebody is interested in being a mentor or mentee for the next round, uh, is there anything, any information you can share about that?
3: Yeah, I think to that effect, stay tuned, watch the space, like sign up to get the newsletters or follow eval Youth. On Twitter, and there's various chapters there that you can kind of get tuned in to to hear because it sounds, you know, it it is kind of we are wrapping up this round, and there'll be a bit of develop developmental work uh, between round three and round four. So stay tuned.
1: Couldn't have said it better. I mean, right now we want to wrap up, do the evaluation, and based on that, we're going to launch the fourth phase. So I think um, we're also receiving a lot of I mean, during this phase, we received a lot of emails from mentors and mentees asking to become mentors and mentees. So we also tell them to watch out on our social media platforms, especially Twitter, because that's when we announce. And also on our Evaluate newsletter, that's also where we announce for the applications.
0: Perfect. Thank you. I'll put links to all those in our show notes. So if you're interested, follow along and stay tuned. So. I like to close off just asking if there's anything you want to share personal or related to Eval Youth that you want to share with our listeners.
2: I, I've always maintained and said this. Evaluation is a team sport. Uh, and lucky for us, there are many, many great teams in evaluation, and they're not competing with each other. They're actually all striving to do things better. So it's not a Super Bowl thing. Uh, and you can be part of many things. I'm part of AA. I'm involved in a TIG, but I can also be part of Eval Youth. Uh, and I can be involved in many other things as well. So stay, stay in touch, stay involved through Twitter or things. And uh, it's all a volunteer thing. So it is it, it is manageable. I know Santa said it's a lot of work. Yes, it's a lot of work, but it is manageable thanks to the great work the secretariats have done in terms of project management and the logistics of keeping us on course in our meetings and all that fun stuff.
3: I'm just going to riff off what Teddy said. I love that you know, evaluation a team sport where, you know, we're not competing with each other. There's so many, there's such a need for evaluation um, capacity uh, to be able to help the meet the needs for social change and to address um, social ills and issues and challenges around social justice, climate change, ecological collapse, and violence worldwide. And so the fact that there are Uh, a myriad of international efforts around networks, uh, around capacity building, about mentoring programs. I hope that we can, you know, we can all share notes and then we can all strive to complement one another. And that, you know, if you're a mentee, if you're a mentor, if you're an emerging evaluator, if you're a seasoned and established evaluator, whatever you are in this ecosystem, that you do feel like that, you know, how can we be in this together? have solidarity and striving to help one another to use evaluative inquiry to help the public good. And this is one way that I tune in. I tune in in other ways, but I love tuning into the Eval Youth effort and network uh, because they're great. And I hope that you do too after you listen to the podcast.
1: Wow, I mean, uh, I have nothing more to add. I think that it is a very cooperative environment. We support each other. I mean, part of EVA Youth, there's also the IVA Youth uh, Regional Chapters. And we work also together as regions and national chapters to uh, support each other and grow all together on the same journey. So um, as Zach and Teddy also said that we hope you'd be able to join us after listening to this. If not with EVA Youth Global, at least check out if if there's a regional chapter that is part of your region and you can join them. And then perhaps you can also have time to join other networks. Wonderful,
0: thank you all so much. I very much enjoyed hearing about the incredible work that all of you are putting into this program and everybody else in the Global Mentoring Program and Task Force too, so thank you so much. Listeners, I hope you stay tuned and apply for either volunteering with uh, EVAL Youth in some capacity or becoming a mentor or mentee for the next uh, iteration of our global mentoring program. So thank you so much, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Don't forget to subscribe. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please visit the podcast website at EvaluLand.Fireside.fm where you can subscribe to get notified of new episodes and contact us with your questions, comments, or suggestions. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, this has been Evalualand.